Hey, 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 calm down, calm down, calm down. It's all good. It's all good. Nice, 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 nice. Oh. Finally, I can open up a pack of Pokemon cards. Let's see. Energy. Dumb uncommon. In the common. Ooh, a full heal. Ugh. Growlithe, that's pretty cool. Alright. Alright, that's cool. Oh. Alright, reverse hollow is a doubly. And, uh. Oh! Whoa! Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! <laughs> Hyper rare boss's orders. Oh my god, that's amazing. Now all I have to put it is in a nice silk. Oh. 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 You feel better? everybody welcome to another exciting episode of Poke Dad. i'm your host Poke Dad rick and with me today is Poke Dad. what's up man how are you i'm doing pretty good relaxing finally kind of finishing the last things of the month you gotta do sure you know how it is now for all your DD stuff mm -hmm. we're there one day left man you said you mm -hmm. got it all done all done <laughs> completely done didn't procrastinate good. at all i swear <laughs> That's good. Um, Finn is Finn's almost three weeks old. He is currently in my arms as we record. I'm mm -hmm. like lifting it up to the camera so Aaron can see, can even see. though he's erasing him. I have yes. <laughs> All you other people, it's a seven pound baby in my arms. So I'm just imagine. It's all, it's all good. Uh, imagine a very handsome baby. Yes. And the I'm not biased. We hear it from. Yeah, we hear it constantly. People always say how handsome he is. So. The best it's not from me. It's yeah, it's definitely from Shannon, not me. <laughs> I I probably agree with that. Yeah, that's cool. I'm rugged. <laughs> Plus, my daughter looks like me, so at least I know mm. it would be pretty cute if I was a girl. That's fair. That's <laughs> and fair. and hair. If I had hair. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so how has it been the first three weeks? Overall, it's been a roller coaster. He has been good and then not good. Uh, haven't been sleeping. And he's been having tummy time. A uh, tummy time. He's been having tummy <laughs> troubles with some gas in his stomach. So he would, like, wake up and start shrieking in pain. Ooh, that sucks. And yeah. So Shannon, we had a doctor's appointment on Tuesday. One to test his hearing in his right ear because he failed the test when we were in the hospital because mm -hmm. he still might have had fluid in there. Mm -hmm. And he passed, so that was good. good. So the, good. definitely it was just fluid, so my son can hear. Good. And Excellent. then we find out, yeah, then we go see the pediatrician and we're asking questions and it seems like he's having gas problems where his stomach 
is 15 feet, 15 feet of intestines. Can you believe that in a newborn? 15 yeah. feet already? That's, that that's crazy. It doesn't, it doesn't hit 25 feet until you're 10 years old. So I feel like even, even 15 feet for a newborn was mind blowing. Mm-hmm. So we're finding out that he's having gas trapped. And so she's like, this is what you're going to do. Um, Shannon, you're going to up your fiber intake until like an ungodly amount of like yeah. 40 grams. Shanzy all the way. <laughs> All the bread, and she was like showing all these like recipes. She's like, "I'm going to email you these recipes, and it's going to be, it's, you're just going to do this, and you'll be able to get that fiber count and no problem." And she's like showing muffins and pizza crust and all this stuff. And I, and Shan and I just look at each other, and and like in our head, we're like, "When the fuck do we have time to bake? We have a newborn <laughs> baby who's in like he's crying." And it's like, I have to go to work. She has to take care of him. Shane can't even nap right now because of how much pain he's in. Mm-hmm. So we did a, an experiment. Yeah. So we did an experiment where um, I was feeding him formula during the night and if she would use the breast milk during the day. And um, last night, he was pretty chill on just formula. And then Shannon started the day with the breast milk and he was in pain. So it looks like um, Shan's not producing enough fat in her milk. Okay. So it's so it's like he's literally just getting like vitamins and like milk with no fat whatsoever. So it's causing um, the gas to stay in his stomach. Interesting. So the thing for Shannon's sanity is just to give up um, the breast milk and then just go to complete formula. But, I mean, she could eat a lot of Domino's. I'm in favor of this. Eat a lot of... I don't... Domino's? The fiber in Domino's? No, we're gonna... <laughs> she's gonna stop that. As you can tell, Finn is complete chill. He's not in pain. And... That's good. I think in the in the household, we're, we're pretty happy when good. he's chill. Because I'm doing my best right now because of... Shan's not sleeping. He was in all this pain. Uh, Shan would go to bed around, like... Right now it's almost 9, 9 p.m. Shan will go to bed, and then I would take care of Finn till roughly 5 a.m. So I usually just get up three times in, in the middle of the night, take care of him, and then at 5, I like I throw the white flag, hand him to Shannon, and be like, I just want two hours of sleep before I go to work. And then, <laughs> and then that's been, it's been yeah. working. I, I feel all right. I had a nice energy drink to get ready for this recording part, and... I'm good to go. <laughs> I could not do two hours of sleep, man. I would die. I mean, I, at least yeah. at least for me, I don't have to drive to work, so I probably could survive-ish. But uh, yeah. four hours or less, I'm dead. Well, like it's just it's the only time it's like two hours. At least it's continued sleep. I I am True. sleeping okay. little like it's in bits uh, throughout the night. So it's not like I'm up until 5 a.m. Because I mm-hmm. he does sleep, like, maybe I'm lucky for an hour. And then yeah. he'll be like, ah! And I'm like, <laughs> okay, come on. Go grab him. Try to... Because Shannon was reading all this stuff. Last thing, and we'll get, it, we'll get into your week and then Pokemon stuff. Yeah. Um, all this stuff where I was doing with Emma when she was a baby. Like, I would just put him on my stomach or, like, my chest and then go to sleep. Like, I'm pretty good. I'm not going to squish him. I don't move around a lot. And then Shan's like, well, I just read that even though you do that, just a little probably like 
around 15% chance that you're going to kill him. And I was like, okay, I won't do that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Don't. So I don't, I don't, don't need to kill my son in a few weeks that he was born. So. Yeah. We're doing our, doing our best while he gets some sleep. All right. That's good. Yeah. yeah. So how's your week, bud? For the most part, I mean, it's, like I said, I, I finished up last things I had to do. I actually did do a play test which is the first time I've ever uh, done one with any, like, group outside of, like, my actual, like, games I run. Um, and that was fun. I murdered the first group. They were doing really cool. well, and she destroyed them. Uh, it was versus, like, the highest level you can be with the most ridiculous stuff you could have, and I killed them. Um, then the next group this was... was uh... Huh? Tuesday? And this, uh, this was, was on Tuesday? This was on Sunday is when this one was. This was just a play test. So it was oh, like, okay. here's the battle. Here's some battle music in the background. We're just going to fight. There's literally no story, no nothing. We're going to see how this thing goes. So I was trying to determine the balance of it all to make sure that I wasn't going to just murder everything and there was no chance to kill it. Um, the second two groups killed it. Um, I at least killed at least one person per run. Um, but the first, the second group was like a, a group of like, they played with me a bunch. They know how I work. And they're like, we're going to go just ridiculously, the, like, the best build you can find on the internet. And they almost killed it in the first round before I got a chance to go. <laughs> it's like, you sons of bitches. Uh, and then the last group took four <laughs> hours. Four hours. They reset their health twice during the fight. It was, it was intense. It was a lot of fun. But I was exhausted afterwards. It was like six hours of just playing, if not longer. I, uh, and and it's, that's a lot, especially mentally, that, that drains. Yeah. I and mean, I was doing stuff. I like... Stop. I feel like for me, a good hour and a half of D and D is enough, and I'm 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 done. I tap out. My That's my attention short. span is done. It's too short. That's too short. <laughs> three hours is a three hours is a good number where you get enough done to make you feel like it was you accomplished something. Because otherwise, you're like okay, Oof. I like you don't get anything done then. So I just I, don't know. I feel like it, two hours. I, is like I feel a like when we had. I felt like we, when we did like an hour, hour and a half with Brian as our sessions, I felt like we accomplished stuff, even if it was just fighting. I three mean, hours? I don't, got, hours. I don't got time for that. Three hours. Three hours. <laughs> I mean, my games, I usually run for three. I've had a couple go for five hours a couple times, um, just because that's how the rules go sometimes. But typically, I try to narrow it down to three hours always. It's always my goal. Um, that was at least they get their Patreon money's worth. That's all well, that matters. Yeah, they basically, they basically kind of pay for three hours worth of time. And if we go over, that's extra time for them, and it's more, it's like I'm doing it for free at that point. Um, and then it happens, and I have fun, so it's not like I'm, I'm like, oh no, we're at three hours, we're done. No, we, we go till the monster dies or they all die. <laughs> One I'm of sure Ainsley would appreciate if it was a hard time. <laughs> I typically try to hold to it, just, it doesn't always happen. <laughs> it's like a time limit, your wife comes down there and it's like, that's it, video game's off, and she just unplugs everything. <laughs> She came down actually in the last one during the playtest and was like, "Can we get a cotton candy machine?" <laughs> I she, like it. She wants you to make should. a coffee kind. Con- oh, she went. And she ordered one. She went to go get it and there was none left, so she went and she ordered one online. Um, I mean, it's a small, okay. it's a small little thing, but that way she can make like coffee, cotton candy, and whatever else her brain has decided she's going to make into cotton candy. All right. If she does coffee, cotton candy, yeah. you let me know. I'll be over. I will let you I know. Would definitely, what they said. That yeah. is literally her like plan for it. Like everything else is secondary. It's coffee, cotton candy is the important part. So good. Tell her to <laughs> make it perfect. I'll be the guinea pig. That's fine. <laughs> well, that's good. Well, yeah. that's you ready to get into some news, bud? Yeah, let's do it. All right. 
So there's a lot of Pokemon news this week, guys. And yes, we'll start off with the easy one. We figured out the name for the next set. Of, which, so it's not Darkness Ablaze, which comes out in 15 days, right? August 14th, I believe. Yeah. And yeah, so it's the set that will be coming out in November. And it's going to be called Vivid Voltage. And the thing they teased about it was one of the pack arts has VMAX Pikachu. So all the Pikachu fans out there, you're going to get your Pikachu VMAX. The return of the fat Pikachu. That is exciting, actually. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I love the, the fat, fat Pikachu. Pikachu. Yeah. So, do I'm you know the this. story of... Do you know the story why fat Pikachu doesn't exist anymore? It promoted obesity or something? I, I, I have, <laughs> no, I have not, zero idea. <laughs> no, I do yeah. not. Um, it was like an animator choice out in Japan mm-hmm. where when it came to animating that it was like just a pain to have this chubby mouse fight mm-hmm. and do like moves while they're trying to animate it. So they're like, okay, Pikachu's going to get skinnier because it'll be easier for them to animate. And mm-hmm. that's how we got skinnier Pikachu. I can understand. I can see that. That makes sense. So, but yeah, um, I remember when Pokemon Shield and Sword was announced and then they showed the fat VMAX Pikachu for the raid and yeah. everyone was like, oh, now my, my Pikachu plush from the early 2000s, late 90s is meaningful again because <laughs> Pikachu is fat again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's too funny. So I'm really, really excited about that. Mm-hmm. Then Japan announced a set for their November where it's going to be called Shiny Star V. Aaron, do you have any idea what you think they're talking about? I mean, I, do you kind of... Like, any idea what they're talking about? Like, what do you mean, specifically? Because I, I feel like it's too open for me to actually give a proper answer. It's like, What do you think the cards are going to be with it being Shiny Star V cards? Everything is going to be sparkly. Sparkly? 100%. Sparkly cards. No, um... Shiny Star. I mean, I'm Jirachi. That's that's the first thing I go to is Jirachi with Shining Star. That's all I ever think about. The sh- yeah. Well, there's no official yet, but it's going to be Shiny Pokemon. So they're going to do now, instead of Hidden Fates, where you had Shiny GX Pokemon, now they're going to be Shiny V Pokemon. So mm-hmm. this will be the Hidden Fates sets in Japan in November, and then this will be our Hidden Fates holiday set for 2021. So that's what people are guessing. And we'll, what looks like the schedule that Pokemon has been doing since they added this mini set for the holidays is one year is a normal set and the next year is shiny. So we go back to 2016 where they had Pokemon Generations for their mini set, which was what in honor of Pokemon Evolutions and everyone getting excited for Pokemon's 20th anniversary. The year after that was uh, Shiny Legends. So they introduced Shiny Pokemon in the the EX form. Then the year after that was uh, Dragon Magic. Oh, I added that. Uh, Dragon Magic. Majesty? (laughs) Majesty, yeah. Um, the year after that was Dragon Majesty. I still didn't say it. I don't know why. It sounded right to me. 
I just felt like I was skipping a syllable. It sounded <laughs> but funny. so you had Dragon Majesty, yeah. And then last year was Hidden Fates, where brought back another shiny Pokemon. Two years prior was the Shiny Legends, and then this year, leading into another set that was announced, is Champion's Path. Mm-hmm. I'll get to I'll get to that in a sec, but I'm just saying this year's set. There's nothing to do with shiny Pokemon. And then we'll have shiny V-Star. I mean, shiny Star V would be shiny Pokemon for the holidays of 2021. So mm-hmm. odd years, shiny, even years, a fun mini set. So. You know, this is completely off topic. What I would really like to see from Pokemon, just in terms of, like, rare cards, is to have, like, you can open a pack and you can get a shiny version of any other random Pokemon that are in that, like, set. So you get the shiny version of the card, and it's, like, ridiculously rare. That's what I would like to see. That would be fun. Uh, so, like, you could somehow collect a complete set, and they're all shiny Pokemon? Yes. Like, it's just that one more, like, like, full art card, but even rarer than, like, Hyper Rares and everything else. Like, oh, it's so cool. Oh, you go. It's like Goku going from Super Saiyan 2 to Super Saiyan 3 when he's yelling at... Bobbity and Boo, and he's like, and this is even going higher! <laughs> yes, and it takes you five minutes, because that's how long you're going to be yelling for when you pull one. Yeah. I think, I, I kind of like that idea, you know, instead of, like, reverse hollows, when mm-hmm. you pull and you pull a reverse hollow of the set, the reverse hollow would be the shiny version of that common, uncommon cards. That would be fun, so too. Maybe yeah. the, so maybe, so it wouldn't be that difficult, because it's such a mini set, and you can't buy booster boxes, you know what I mean? You have to buy all these special yeah. products to get these packs. I mean, I'm more saying I would like so. to see that just in general from, like, all booster boxes and everything else, too. I think it would be really cool to see. But the reverse hollow is a great or, idea for that. Yeah. So that's that's what I would... I would do that. That sounds cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pokemon, take note. So... <laughs> Pokedads can run things better. No, 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 no. There's a lot of... You could, you could come up with the cards and the text and the attacks, but then we'll, we'll design the cards for you. And then take the credit for everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was Pokedad Aaron. Yeah, yeah, thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Vileplume would always be a playable card. Always. There's at least three Vileplumes per booster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That sounds terrible. <laughs> How dare you? So let's rewind. Yep. I know I kind of teased, but Champion's Path is our holiday um, set that's coming out on September 15th. Sorry, I had the screen closed. September 19th. There we go. So it looks like it's based around the gems from Pokemon Shield and Sword. And because I haven't played Sword, Sword and Shield, um, but I didn't know that out of the eight gems, there's ten total gems, but only two go to one game and two go on the other. So they're always missing two gym trainers in each game. Did you know hmm. that? I knew certain ones were so, different, like but I didn't know that they were completely different gyms. So no. Yeah, they were. So they... So how Hidden Fates started last year is they released pin sets of Mew and Mewtwo, and it came with, I believe, 
three booster packs. Mm-hmm. They're doing the same thing. So we're going to get a pin set. But each pin set is one of the pins is actually the badge of the gym, a promo card just like Mew and Mewtwo, and three booster packs of Champion's Path. So what it looks like, though, is all the promo cards outside of the... I forgot her name. What's her name? She's a, she's a rock Pokemon. They're like She dresses up and she's like a fighter. I have no idea what her uh, that name is. Okay. Um, dang it. I, I was hoping the, the image would get big. Oh, here we go. You can click on it. Do they have her name? Yeah. Um, it's the one with the fighting and then the ghost girl with the cool mask. I am looking at the wrong thing. Do I got to scroll down? Uh, no, Ghost, yeah, Ghost Girl. And, so I see Machamp and Gengar's Racy. Where are we Correct. Looking? So all all the promo cards in the pin have are just all re-released artwork of cards from Sword and Shield and Rebel Clash outside of Machamp. This, this is a promo card that has not come out yet in any set. So I find that interesting. Ooh, okay. And the Machamp card is pretty cool looking. He's just like, yeah, I'm Machamp. I can... I can punch things. <laughs> Great description. Yeah. So <laughs> if you're into those pin stuff, uh, I think that would be kind of a cool set to keep mm-hmm. sealed. Because even like if you're, I don't know if this will, this is not going to like hit the pinnacle of hidden fates because everyone wanted a shiny Charizard. But like collecting these pins would be really cool. Of course, we'll get a turf field for Pokedad Aaron, so he can have the turf field pin. Yeah. He can wear it while he's battling us. He'd be like, "Welcome to my gym." <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if this can match the hype of Hidden Fates. Oh wait, it's going to. The Elite Trainer box was also revealed for forty nine ninety nine, just like the Elite Trainer box for Hidden Fates that had the awesome promo of the, uh, what's that, beautiful glass, uh, like glass mirror image of the legendary birds. We're getting Charizard VMAX on the art. So now they're thinking there might be the hyper rare in the set. And when you buy the Elite Trainer box, you'll get the full art Charizard V from the promo of Japan when you entered the tournament. Mm-hmm. So now we have a hot seller, man. Now these things are going to go off the shelves like hotcakes. I mean, I think... Because, you know, it's, full art Charizard. Yeah, it's, uh, it's Charizard, but is it going to be... It's not, I feel like it's going to be worth that much because you can just get it then. Easily enough. But it will sell quick because at the first, everybody wants it. Well, for sure. But if, the, if it's anything, if you can pull the... A hyper rare Charizard V Max in this set, leaving mm-hmm. this box sealed, I can guarantee you mm-hmm. that the price that you paid the fifty dollars would skyrocket by the end of the year. Like Hidden Fates, to get an unopened Hidden Fates Elite Trainer box goes for almost three hundred dollars now. Dang! So this is this is definitely a good collector's item, but always a good note. If anything that has a Charizard on it or a Charizard in it, just keep it sealed because. It's it's always at least going to have some kind of value down the line. Buy one to open. Buy one to sell in 10 years when they're worth 
Oh, for sure. The polka dads will open one and seal 17 of them. (laughs) (laughs) And outside of that, there's some other V-card boxes announced. We're going to get another double V-card box where you get the promo card, the jumbo card, four booster packs, and uh, the other Pokemon. What's that name? Uh, I can never pronounce it. Hatterini? Yeah, something like that. So you'll get her... Yeah. Looks, you get that for booster packs. Of course, it's not going to be full... Or is it for... Yeah, it would be all Champion's Path. So that's good. You're not getting, like, uh, evolutions in, in the set. Mm-hmm. And to end, to end it all, there's a special Marnie box set that Pokedad Scott is going to absolutely love. <laughs> so for... Forty nine ninety nine. You're gonna get five booster packs, two alternative arts of more Peko V, where it looks like it's more Peko's dark side, and the spirit that spirit Pokemon. I always forget his name, but he he's pretty cool. He's like dark. He has the Grim, mask on. Grimmsnarl. Yeah, got it. Nailed it. And to top it off is you get a Marty playmat. Which, like I said, Pokedad Scott will be using that until you can't see the image anymore. <laughs> um, I'm honestly, Aaron, I'm I'm pretty excited for this set, and not just because of the Charizard. Um, I'm actually really excited what they're doing to promote the gym leaders. It's I just like really that, yeah. cool. I I 100 and of that. course it, it definitely ties them in really well. Yeah. And it makes me, like, I've done research now. Well, not enough research to remember every gym leader's name. But I'm, I'm very intrigued about the set. And, yes, it does help that there's the full R Charizard card, which will be beautiful. And the uh, possibility of the hyper-rare Charizard. Mm-hmm. But you never know. They had the one ultimate edition for Hidden Fates where we got the Rayquaza statue, two gold cards, and a shiny card. There's got to be a version of that for this set, right? So maybe it has to do with... And this is not my idea. This is from Jake of Metapod Podcast. If you haven't checked them out, please do. It's a really fun podcast. It's Jake and Sean. And they just talk about tournaments, some info that you need to know. And recently they've been having a few guests. Um, if you like our podcast, I promise you, you'll like the Metapod Podcast. Um, now, Sean, pay me. I, uh, I gave you a shout out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Jake, Jake says there's got you know there's got to be a hundred dollar box, and it's gonna be like the the Leon edition. So you're gonna get like this special Leon badge, and then of course this promo would be, um, you know, hyper the hyper rare Charizard. <laughs> but that was like the introduction of the ninety nine um, ninety nine box. Mm-hmm. But it turns out that it wasn't for Champion's Path. It was for um, the next set in November called uh, Vivid Voltage. So we'll see. There's going to be a Leonhart. Uh, Leonhart. Shout out to Leonhart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there will, there's going to be some kind of Leon in the in this Champion's Path for sure. All right. Oh. Right now my son is twitching, sweetheart. I don't know why he's twitching. Why are you twitching? What are you doing there? Yeah, but but he's like full body twitching. 
He needs a banana. He needs a banana. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just worried. Are you okay, bud? Are you okay? Sorry, Wood. I, he, dude, he's dude, just twitching dude, a lot. Dude. He, he, what you gotta do, dude? Yeah. He's starting to calm down. Okay. Oh, my heart. Were his, man. were his eyes closed? They're like half open. I say, is he like <laughs> falling into a sleep? Did you know oh, maybe. You dream. Yeah. So, um, uh, what was it? What was the day for this? The holiday set recreate. There was something, uh, September 25th or something, October 23rd. Um, that is for the, the Hattering V. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Morning special is October 23rd. Okay, so the Elite Trainer Box would be on September 25th, and mm-hmm. the, the booster pin set, and the pin sets will be on September 25th also. No, the uh, the first two, um, the Ghost and the um, the Gym Leaders, the first ones above the Elite Trainer Box, are October 2nd with the uh, Champions Battle. Oh, no, no, I know. No, I'm talking about the, the normal, pro- the first pins. The, the ones where it's just a pin and a promo card? Yes. Okay. So th- that they're, they're September 25th. And then, then we'll have new dates coming up. It looks like they're having stuff coming all the way out to November 13th. So, it's going to be a, a fun two months of trying to collect Champion Pass stuff. Mm-hmm. Wish all of you good luck. May the odds ever be in yeah, your favor. We'll see how. <laughs> well, as you can tell, with no Pokedad Scott here, um, I was able to do an interview with... A friend called the Analytic Gengar. His name is Ryan, and he's a huge Pokemon collector. He doesn't play the game. He just collects and does what you have to do to, one, get your card created. One, get your card graded so then you can sell it for a high-value card, say if it was a 9 or a 10. And then he gives us all this information about how to store your cards, what are the best products and Aaron I had no idea this happens but he even tells you what kind of sleeves you should invest in because mm. some sleeves tend to bleed over time and would eat away at the card that is protecting that is horrifying. I didn't know that that's that horrifying that's crazy yeah without further ado let's jump into my interview with Ryan the analytic Gengar Welcome back. 
We're about to start our interview with Ryan, the analytic Gengar, YouTube star. What's up, Ryan? How are you, man? I'm doing all right, sir. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm currently talking to you with my son in my arms, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> Which is awesome. Congrats again. Yeah, thanks, man. I deeply appreciate it. He uh, has a little gas problem in his stomach, but he'll get through it. That's all that matters, then. <laughs> but again, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to hang out. Um, sorry that right now it's it's just me. Uh, maybe Polka Dad Aaron will show up in the middle of the interview. If not, it's cool, man. I uh, I can I can do this. I could I could solo do things. <laughs> We're definitely rooting for you here. <laughs> yeah. So Ryan, do do me a favor and just let the Pokédex Nation a little bit of who you are and what got you into Pokemon and all that jazz. Sure thing. Uh, so hey, po- Pokédex Nation. My name is Ryan. Uh, I run a YouTube <laughs> channel called The Analytic Gengar, as well as a Instagram by the same name. Uh, I got back into Pokemon in 2019, right in the fall, as a mysterious little company named Beckett was grading a $10,000 shiny Hidden Fates Charizard. Um, In the past, I had dipped my toes back into the hobby here and there. Um, To start way back at the beginning, I grew up and was um, exposed to Pokemon during the third generation, so... Uh, playing Pokemon Emerald and Ruby and Sapphire and opening up EX series packs way back in the day. I briefly got back into it in college, but um, like many college students, I couldn't pretty much keep the commitment up and drop the hobby again. Uh, So I ended up grading some cards back then and bought some first edition base set cards way back then, got them graded, went through the whole process, but I didn't really actively become a collector again until uh, the fall of 2019 when I joined in right in time for the Hidden Fates rush and, uh, you know, everything coronavirus-related ever since. Awesome, awesome. And to let people know, a little different, this is not a guy who plays the TCG. He's a collector, and we thought it would be kind of cool to just see the other side of Pokemon instead of the whole, you got to get this card to win and keep it going, and yeah, tournaments. Um, I think it would be fascinating that you could help our listeners to what you could do to start collecting, even though you play the TCG. Yeah, for sure. And and for and for what it's worth, the two are very inextricably linked to one another, right? One of my uh, one of my favorite cards in my collection is a uh, is a Gold Star Rayquaza uh-huh. card. And if you were back in the TCG, especially in the competitive scene way back in the day. You, you knew that that was the gold format for most uh, tournament decks, at least if you could get your hands on the card. And because of that, it's interesting to see how the popularity of the card in the TCG has then influenced its future levels of collectability because it's such a sought-after card now. And because of that, PSA 10s, which would be the gem mint versions of those cards, they're very scarce. There's only 44 in the world. So it's interesting to see how both sides of the hobby sort of feed back into each other over a period of time, decades in this case. No, no, definitely. And for some people that don't understand, Ryan, what do you mean by PSA? Like, what, what, how does this grading stuff work? Oh, yeah, for sure. So um, PSA, or Professional Sports Authenticators, is one of a couple of different 
grading services. So what they do is they take a trading card, and it doesn't have to be from Pokemon. It can be from one, if not many other hobbies, including basketball and baseball. They encase it in a very cool acrylic slab, and they give it a grade on a scale of 1 to 10, where 1 is a poor condition card, and 10 is in perfect gem mint condition. So um, I might use the vernacular of uh, gem mint. All that means is that according to PSA, the card is worthy of a 10 out of 10 in condition. And um, in addition to that, there's a whole bunch of other different grading companies out there that are competing for people's attention. PSA tends to be the gold standard. Um, And there's also tons of YouTubers who will do like sending in cards to get graded and then also the revealing of those cards on the back end so it's actually really interesting because it's become its own sort of sub hobby within the within the pokemon tcg because you do have like the competitive scene you know where you're building decks you're playing out and i played way back in the day with like base set and a couple of like the base set two reprints but um i fell out of it pretty quickly and now um it's just funny to kind of see how it's almost equally as important to have a version of the card in an acrylic slab as it is to have it in your deck. <laughs> I like that. So earlier, you also brought up when getting back into Pokemon uh, Hidden Fates when that ridiculous uh, black label shiny Charizard sold for $10,000. And that's how Hidden Fates got that rush, like something Pokemon hasn't seen in a very long time. So, so as like a standard question... What's the difference between going to PSA or Beckett and then that new grading system that just came out? And it, I just had it on the tip of my tongue. It's like CDC or CGC. It's like a, now a third party that's grading it. Yes, sir. Um, so I think PSA is your gold standard. To say it really simply, if you have it in a PSA 10 case, it's worth its weight in gold. Part of the reason for that is like the legacy and the uh, authenticity that PSA carries with it. So obviously a lot of people just like to see a, a card graded by PSA. Beckett is, re- is actually very big and is actually the industry leader in many different hobbies. But it's weird because PSA emerged as sort of the front runner for the Pokemon, the Dragon Ball Z, and the Yu-Gi-Oh! hobbies. And then CGC has also recently entered the trading card grading market, but they aren't new to grading. Um, A little known fun fact about them is actually CGC was the inventor and the proprietor of the first ever graded comic book. So they basically invented the idea of a grading system for a vintage collectible. And then um, places like Beckett and PSA were first to market when it came to things like graded trading cards. So they're a little bit late in that capacity. But um, what a lot of people fail to realize or don't know um, through no fault of their own is that uh, CGC is not new to the market of grading vintage collectibles. So I'm actually very excited to see CGC pop up. Um, if If you're on the scene, either on Instagram or on YouTube, a lot of people right now are complaining because they've sent cards into PSA, and just so everyone's aware, cards will typically take anywhere from like a couple of weeks to a couple of months to get graded, depending on the level of service you pay for. But PSA is notorious for never honoring their time commitments. Everything is an estimate. So CGC, oh, yeah, when CGC rolled out, they rolled out with a time-honored system. So you pay for a service and you get it in that amount of days guaranteed. 
uh, which is pretty nifty because it's going to keep the entire grading card scene very competitive. I'll just say, though, the CGC labels are not sexy. No, not at all. They're not pretty. That's literally exactly what I was going to (laughs) say. PSA has a very good-looking label. One would call it sexy, yeah, especially if it has a Charizard behind it, apparently. (laughs) Yeah, PSA, even even I think PSA is kind of just blah. I, I I think for me, I always assumed Beckett was the choice because Beckett's name just stands out to me throughout the years of my collecting from basketball cards, baseball cards, and the Beckett magazines. Like, I used to collect those things all the time growing up. And that black label is just beautiful, man. You just like... Right up there, you got the Beckett B. I'm like, yeah. But people are like, no, I want the PSA. And also, I don't know how true this is, but I've heard um, Beckett tends to grade a little bit harder than PSA. So, like, say I took something to Beckett and say it got a 9, there's a possibility that I could send it to PSA and it would get, like, a 9.5 or, or, you know, a vintage 10. I don't know. That's what I've heard. I don't know personally if you've experienced that at all. I just know Leonhard has done videos of switching back and forth from different companies and getting different grades. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that's a very observable thing that's gone on. So a couple of things. PSA, back in the day, they would give out 10s, especially when they first started grading. Um, a lot of folks in the hobby, folks like PokeRev, TCA, and anyone who was around operating behind the scenes will tell you this. People used to buy first edition base set boxes, like the original set of Pokemon cards, uh, for about $10,000. They used to open the box, throw away all of the cards except for the hollows, so just the 12 hollows you'd pull out of 36 packs, get them graded with PSA because PSA had such low standards for a 10, get the cards back, and then sell them and make a profit on a $10,000 booster box. Mind you, if you go on eBay right now, I think the last booster box of that caliber was listed at $160,000. So, so just imagine. How- oh, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the last time I saw it was like $12,000. That's crazy. Yeah, that's a, that's a original Wizards of the Coast first edition base set box. The one that the Pokemon trading card game... Uh, Game Boy cartridge featured the box art of that box sold for about $160,000 or at least it, it was listed at that much the last time I saw it. PSA has gotten a lot tougher over the years so that's why you'll typically hear people talk about certs. Every single PSA card has a unique identifier, a certification number on it and as those numbers have gotten higher as they've graded more and more cards um, they've gotten significantly tougher. Uh, in my own videos and in my own experience, I think Beckett is, and Beckett says this, Beckett for a Black Label 10 like the one that you mentioned, um, which by the way is a Beckett graded card that receives a perfect 10 on all of four categories, centering surface, edges, and corners. Um, a Black Label 10 has to have perfect centering, 50-50. But a PSA 10 can have centering of 40-60. And I recently did a video where I described the centering standards because I noticed folks like Leonhardt, who are obviously now grading with Beckett, um, are suddenly a lot more focused on centering. And I thought it was cool because it's an opportunity to kind of let the rest of the community know, like, here's what the actual centering standards are. So you will see some variances. The other thing is that apparently... PSA is a lot tougher on the corners and edges. So on the back of your standard English 
uh, Pokemon card, the, it, it basically has to be blue all the way through. You can have no whitening on any of the corners. So PSA, historically, has been tougher on corners, Beckett on centering. That's Yeah, that's awesome. Um, going back to Leonhardt, did you hear about that he still has not recovered his first edition, bruh, first edition Charizard that he sent to PSA uh, two months ago? I was literally watching the video today. He posted one um, on the 28th of July. And in that video, he's saying that it's still lost. He reached out to a congressman, which I find fascinating because I don't know how one gets in touch with a congressman over a Pokemon card, which I'm sure is going to... Uh, it's Leonhardt. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he knows what he's doing. <laughs> I love it. Um, and that was another thing that actually kind of not surprised me. But if you're in the vintage collectible set, and I might be making an, another video on this sometime soon where I kind of discuss it as well, is the risk of shipping vintage collectibles and how I prefer to ship. Um, I have a feeling he shipped with registered mail, and just the thought of that makes me shiver. If any of the fans are listening um, know why, it's because whenever you ship with registered mail, the way it works is you see the tracking, and the tracking says, package received, we have no clue where it is, and then like three weeks later, your package was delivered. So it's so funny, because for two, three weeks at a time, you have no clue where it is, but for some reason, USPS says that it's the single best shipping method that you can have. I think for Leonhardt, it was practical, though, because I believe there's no insurance limit on a uh, shipment like that. So he could insure the full value of his cards when he shipped them. So, But it's still crazy to think. And then, there, of course, there's conspiracy theories that someone knew that it was uh, Leonhardt or that they... The Charizard. Charizard. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and therefore they, they broke it. And he was even kind of, not forced, but he definitely acknowledged it in today's video where he says it was a very inconspicuous package, almost as if to say, hey, I don't really think someone knew what was in there. Um, but it's crazy to think of all the different things that might be going on and the wheels that might be turning to try to find that, because that's 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 an historic loss. And, and as in that the video when he pulled it was incredible, too, out of like all the options of how heavy that first edition pack was. It was going to be one of the two. It was going to be the first edition Chansey or the first edition Charizard because they both weigh the heaviest. And when he pulled it, I was like, yep, I knew it. I knew he was going to pull it. Like it's <laughs> And it. Yeah. But it. Hopefully, whatever, I was literally going to say that to you, like, read my mind, the whole conspiracy that maybe someone knew, because I'm sure his name has to be on the package at some in some way or form, right? Like, how's, that's how it works? Like, there has to be a return address. Yeah, and even if, you know, even if he's shipping from his P.O. box um, and he's using, like, a personal name or something like that, which is something that most of us uh, YouTubers slash sellers do, is we get a P.O. box with a personal name, another name, and then our official business name so that, you know, we can ship out of that and not get recognized. Even so, um, I mean, if it's coming out of that P.O. box or even out of that zip code, you know, there's a possibility, and I have a feeling it was in a small box that was very well padded. It's easy to, quote-unquote, fall off a table. Um, and then, you know, just from the perspective of it getting lost, again, one of the things that I hate about registered mail is the way that it works. Apparently, and this is what I've been told from friends, all registered mail, if Leonhardt shipped with it, 
gets put on a separate table and doesn't get touched without any kind of like managerial approval. So it's just crazy to think that your item is just sitting there for days, if not weeks on end, until the next person who's high enough up in the management chain can come and sign off on it. Which again, all that time it's sitting on a table is extra time that it can get knocked off, damaged or stolen or even worse, you know? Yeah, and I'm pretty confident is that's what he did. He did a video about it to like an update four weeks ago. And he's like, I don't usually do this, but he did it. And then he's like, ah, and then he regretted doing it. But he wanted the PSA, which I understand. Like, I, I totally understand because he wants that 10. He wants to be with uh, Greg from Pawn Star level, you know? Yeah, he does. I don't blame <laughs> him either. It's definitely a smart move on his part. Yeah, but uh, we'll figure, figure out that Charizard comes up somewhere or – Randomly, another first edition Charizard's like, oh, hey, guys, look, sell this first edition Charizard on eBay, Craigslist, let's do this. It's definitely going to be blacklisted, yeah. Those don't pop up every day, so <laughs> if, if one just nefariously pops up, definitely questions are going to get asked about it, which is good. That'll be, yeah. add to the transparency of the community, which is awesome to think, because when you think about some other communities and other hobbies, it's not like that sometimes. So it's amazing that that... There's so much support out there for him and what he's going through regarding that loss. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think I think that's a pre-dive, like a nice dive into PSA and grading cards in general and how they're really cool coasters. So if you want to have your favorite card get graded and use it as a coaster for your beer, I'm totally, totally down for that. So <laughs> I use all my bulk energy. Oh. There you go. Actually, I lied. There's two other things. It's ridiculous to think about all those people tossing away first edition cards because like a PS, PSA 10 Pikachu first edition goes for what? It's like $7,000 right now. It's ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, just to think, if, if anybody in the world knew what a Skyridge box or a first edition box would be worth that many years ago, you know, so as they say, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? Yep, yep. Um, and then one other thing, you know, they grade one through ten. Literally, have you ever seen a card get graded one? Because I feel like if you knew that it, it's going to be less than six, you can just get it um, authentic, right? So they just would put plop, plop it in a slab and just let you know it's an official card. Like, it's just not graded. Exactly. Um, there's, you know, there's a whole bunch of conversation around that all the time some people and believe it or not this happens PSA ones and Beckett ones sometimes command a small premium on the eBay scene and part of the reason for that is because typically they are such low population there are so few that exist in the world that it becomes like a niche collector's market where it's like I want to collect a mm. PSA one of everything if you've ever seen TCA gaming who's another big um, collector of the vintage and the modern, um, he always has had an ambition to collect a first edition Charizard in every single grade. And he did, in fact, pay a premium for a first edition um, PSA 1 because what? it's just a random oh, thing. Yeah. Realistically, you could hole punch a card and send it in. I'm pretty sure I'd get a 1. <laughs> They're like, no, no, no. The, the edges are still perfect. The centering is still perfect. They're like, there's a hole. A six. 
<laughs> okay. So moving on. So there's a way to get this. We'll get them in slabs. It's really have picked up the pace the past like five months that the pandemic has happened, which is crazy to see the market of Pokemon cards skyrocket. But I personally think not just the fact that people are understanding the value of Pokemon cards, but I think it's because the love of retro decks have become so popular that it's causing an inflation of older cards to go up in price. Because now people know that we're searching for them again, and people are like, oh, you want, you want a set of these cards? That's going to that's gonna, um, increase value there. And then going back to the, the Rayquaza Gold Star you were talking about, like you want to sit, call it the gold, the golden years of Pokemon. And the reason why those cards still go up in value now, because people want to play that card because of the nostalgia of that, that whole two years of Pokemon in the TCG format right there. Exactly. And it's, uh, you know, it's cool because I love the fact that we can see so much nostalgia over something that's only 20 years old when you really think about it, you know. Um, yet at the same time, yeah, no, for sure. it's scary because you see some of those prices and it's like, as a buyer and a seller, it's like, can we relax? Can we wait? Can we go down, like round down to the nearest thousandth, please? Because sooner or later, we're all going to get priced out of this. So it it's one of those things where I'm always trying to think about the angles of like, is it going to boom? Is it going to bust? Is it just a piece of cardboard? Why are we doing this? You know? It is just a piece of cardboard. It is. <laughs> But I'm also a firm believer that it, the bubble's got to pop eventually, like any investment, that it's got to peak and then it's going to burst, just like stocks, just like whatever you do when investing money, it's going to be a roller coaster. And I feel like we're coming up to the high point and you're going to see it just start trickling down between now and, you know, say the end of the year. I don't know. Fair enough. I think we see those, like those little peaks and Tros, they say and um you know you'll see like some mild fluctuation i think you've seen that a lot in some of the stuff that popped that is modern and or near modern um so for example you know at a certain point the umbreon i believe it's uh shiny vault 69 um that card okay. out of hidden fates was selling at a point for like a buck 50 so you could pick that card up for a solid amount of money and now it's kind of gone down to like 80%. And it, uh, sorry, to $80. And you might say, well, okay, Ryan, like it's a $70 difference. We're not talking like thousands of dollars, which is what a, which is what a bubble sounds like. But when you think about it from a percentage, um, that card lost nearly 50% of its value in the course of a few weeks. It also gained that much value in a few weeks. So I think you're, you're going to see far more variability with the more modern stuff, especially maybe X, Y, and forward. Um, but I think there's a weird sort of culture around anything fourth generation and backwards where um, you're going to have a lot more tough of a time to kind of get people to budge on their prices. And personally, and this is just my own conspiracy theory, EX era stuff <laughs> is going to one day probably exceed second generation not because it is the fan favorite or was the most popular at the time of its release, but as you say, because it is remembered as being the golden era of Pokemon and because it is potentially far more scarce than any other Pokemon card ever printed. 
That's crazy. I like that. I like that. So moving on to prices of Pokemon, I do want to talk about um, Champion's Path, but I want to end. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But what do you do, say that you're not going to grade every single card that you own? What do you do to keep these cards safe where, like, say I'm a player – so like my hyper, my hyper, oh, I don't really play hyper rares, but say like my gold trainer cards and stuff, they get shuffled. They're going to get, they're going to get lightly played. <laughs> what, what do you do to take care of them? What, what is the the best option of take care of these cards for years and years to come? Like, so say down the road, you bring out this old box and you're like, oh, this is the binder of this set and this set and you just pop it open and it's going to just still be as magical as you put it away. Yeah. Um, so good news is that there's tons of stuff on the market, which means you'll find both high and low quality stuff. The bad news is that, um, there's different items to protect different types of cards. So, and the good news is that more good news is that I've pretty much had a couple of videos touching on different parts of this. But what you'll find is that in addition to my own YouTube videos, there are tons of folks out there who are willing to sort of walk you through their own mindset. So I definitely encourage you that if you want to learn more about this type of stuff to also check out places like YouTube and forums because you actually find some really good information there that you wouldn't otherwise find just by looking at one isolated source, right? So like this is awesome because you not only get the podcast, you get another experience, then you kind of branch out. From my own experiences, um, I find that a good quality sleeve is the number one thing that you can do for yourself. As a collector, what I typically do is open my packs and put cards in penny sleeves. Penny sleeves are a little bit softer material. You can really kind of hold one and crumple it up in your hand, and that's about it. The idea behind a penny sleeve is that in theory it's going into a card, into a card saver, a top loader, or into a binder. And because of that, it's not going to get shuffled around. In my own experience, the best sleeves that you're probably going to get, and now that you mentioned Champion's Path, are out of elite trainer boxes. Because if you notice those sleeves, they are pretty rigid and they kind of have those pointy ends on them. I'm sure everyone's kind of jabbed their finger on one sooner or later. And if you haven't... Oh, yeah, Pokedad, Pokedad Scott plenty of times. He hates them. He, he stopped using them. I warned him, too. He's like, uh, they're going to hurt your hands. He's like, they do! They do! Why? <laughs> and ironically enough, I guess uh, the pain is for the hobby, but you you really want something like that that offers a little bit more rigidity that's going to help keep your card in as good a condition as possible both from the perspective of how thick it is and how much surface protection it offers but also that added rigidity which will help the cards not get crushed in the corner or experience a little bit of whitening over time the other thing you can do is obviously have a play deck and have a binder deck um And, you know, if you're really in love with a particular format or you're really in love with a particular set of cards that went together really well, um, places like TCG Player, places like Troll and Toad, um, even eBay, right? And just pick up a few um, and throw them in a binder. So at least this way, those are out of play, were never played. You can always, you know, call them that at the end of the day. But I think a good sleeve is probably the first thing. And um, I don't know how dramatic uh, players tend to be nowadays, but I know when I was a kid... 
I would probably pick the card well up over my head and do it Yu-Gi-Oh style where I like slapped it down on the table. You probably shouldn't do that now. <laughs> I uh I deeply appreciate the Yu-Gi-Oh reference. So, that's great. <laughs> um so you're going back to sleeves. Is there like a brand that you like like say, you know, Dragon Shield or um, Ultra Pros or um, Upper Decks. Uh, I'm trying to think of all the. Even I'll I I will tell you this. I'm kind of shocked that you said that uh, Elite Trainer boxes are good sleeves. I personally I hate them. Um, they they don't they don't fit. I don't feel like they fit in the sleeves well enough. Or sometimes it's I, it might be too tight, and then the, you know the little seams on each section like will cut through it. And I'm like, well, this is this is dumb. This is not what I wanted to do. <laughs> Fair enough, yeah. And it is kind of scary because sometimes you look at the cards and you wonder, like, are they getting compressed? Are they getting squeezed a little bit? Um, like I said, personally, I don't use the Elite Trainer Box ones for anything that I binder up because for me it's just a larger okay. sleeve to binder up with. But if I have cards in my hand day-to-day -day or that I'm selling on eBay or Instagram or anything like that, I'll usually um, sleeve them up in at least a penny sleeve, if not an ETB sleeve. And um, what I found is that I will admit that they're definitely a little bit tighter, but I feel like they're secure and they're not going to shift around as much, which is also a little beneficial, assuming they're not going to see heavy play throughout the course of their life. Um, the other, oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. yeah, yeah, and then the other ones that I personally really like for um, any any kind of cards that I play, mind you, like I have cards against humanity and stuff like that, and um, I I sleeve up those as well. I mean, call me a trading card person, but I you know I immediately grab like the five hundred pack expansion and I start sticking them in sleeves. I use the Ultra Pro ones. Um, frankly, Ultra Pro is just one of those like household names when it comes to this stuff if your kid played pokemon if your kid played any trading card game i guarantee you there's something ultra pro in your house and i'm sure folks will have their differences on ultra pro or any of the other brands but um for me they've never let down and honestly what's really good is that you can get them on amazon at really good prices which is also really cool so even if they got worn out or got scratched up you can easily swap them in and out so they're always available they're always there and they're pretty reliable I'm a I'm a huge Ultra Pro fan too, but I'm kind of torn between Ultra Pro and uh, Dragon Shields. I guess it just really I I think for me, if I go to say like my local card shop, Dragon Shield just has all these colors, and I'm just like in awe. I'm like, oh, I could get it this purple. Oh my god, I could get it a different hue of a different purple. But for me, growing up too, uh, when I played Dragon Ball Z and Yu Gi Oh. Um, actually, I don't know if I use Ultra Pro for Yu-Gi-Oh because they were a little bit smaller. I always used weird. I always had like weird deck sleeves for Yu-Gi-Oh. I was that kid. I had the ones that like, were like standard blue, but were kind of holographic and had like a little wave pattern on them. I feel like every. Oh, dude. <laughs> yeah, same here. But I, I, uh, I did blue. I did red. Uh, I had pink sleeves. I, I just was like, you're gonna lose to me, buddy. But here's here's some fun sleeves to look at. Nice. But what I love about Ultra Pro is the little Ultra Pro circle at the bottom. And I just, I just, I don't know why, dude. I just love it. I'm just like, this is fancy. 
It's super uh, powerful. I'm going to put my peak around up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels nicer, you know, just knowing you have that little sticker. And that's, I think, I think that's standard across all their stuff. So if you get, like, their binder sleeves or any of their stuff, like, I have a couple Ultra Pro binders by me, and they're always so premium. So it's, you know, it's just nice to have that consistent kind of aesthetic to everything, too, if you're one of those, like, people who likes all their stuff to look alike. Awesome. So now moving on from... Uh, sleeves i want to talk a little bit about binders for sure so there's some cheap binders i'm i'm a cheap binder guy i recently the polka dads we just started going through sets with sword and shield i would just go pick a random color binder that's what four dollars at target and then i would buy nice sleeve pages i think i buy ultra pro and then i you know get the master set collect and then I put it away and I'll grab another binder. But there's also ultra pro binders and some other fancy that are just fabric and they're nice. Don't get me wrong. I think that's great. I also think it's good for like collectors to just look at pages where it's like, here's my Charizard page or whatever Pokemon they're obsessed with. But personally for me, I want to ask you, do you like where it's three or those new I don't, I don't know if they're relatively new, but now they got the binders where they have four rows instead of three. So, like, players can have a full set now so they can go through their stuff and be like, do I have a set of this trainer card? Do I have a set of this Pokemon? Yeah, yeah, I I have seen those. It's funny, I feel like you guys really did your research before uh, we sat down tonight because I, I, I swear I did this video, like, probably last week, Saturday. Um, I do a video on my channel um, called TCG, TCG Toolkit, where I basically cover like a random hobby. And last week's uh, last week's story or video was about how to start collecting Pokemon. Uh, so I, ironically enough, I covered binders in that, and I go through both your philosophy and my own. Um, so here's my here's my two cents on the topic. You, you as you said, you could pick up a binder, a, a regular three ring binder like the one you would use in high school, or the one you would use for you know coloring when you were a kid to hold all your loose leaf paper. You you could pick that up for about five bucks on Amazon, and then you could buy um, one hundred Ultra Pro sleeves, which means you could theoretically have nine hundred cards, and you could put all of that together for about 25 bucks and it's super super cheap and super super effective so i think for your day-to-day your average user or for someone who really wants bang for their buck i definitely think that's the way you can go because if you look at it from the perspective of you know you're gonna have like 900 cards and you only spent 25 bucks you're looking at something like two and a half cents per card in terms of storage space and that's the way that i step through the math on my own video um it's something in the range of like 2.7 or 2.77 cents which is really cheap when you think about the premium binders i have two that i really like i have the ultra pro and i have the vault x binder they're both the same um as you said it's the fabric and then it holds 360 cards so in that case you're paying about five cents a card which is almost double the price and you're effectively limited as to how many cards you can hold in that binder. I think the maximum is 360 slots, and um, in theory, you could double or triple up. You, you know, you can stick a few in one sleeve. Um, personally, I don't really have a real love one way or the other. The one thing I will say 
is that coming from the perspective of a of a vintage collector one thing that i've noticed is that those ultra pro sleeves sooner or later they the plastic actually breaks down and it's what we call uh, bleed or acid leak effectively a liquid gets released from those sleeves over time as they age and that can actually cause some damage to your cards if they're not in um, an additional sleeve or an additional top loader in the binder so that's one thing that we've always been wary of and i actually have a binder from 2005 ultra pro it's one of the ones i, I don't know if you remember this but they used to have the ones at toys r us that had like pack art or deck art from the recent set so this is out of dragon frontiers and it had a few cards in it <laughs> and it's actually gotten moldy as well as had the ashes oh, over that time so if i had cards in there mind you at a certain point i had gold stars in there um it would have not only destroyed the card but also probably just melted straight through the printing that's uh, super interesting, man. I had no idea. It's kind of like um, I'm an I'm an artist, so I, I deal with paper a lot, and you know, I have to get acid-free paper because you got to think of the long run because paper will tend to fade, and then like if you don't have special paper, like the ink that you colored on it or drew on it would start eating away at the paper, and that's cool. That's I didn't know that plastic would do the same thing. That's super interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think as a general rule of thumb, as long you can look for stuff that says archival safe, and I'm I'm sure you've heard the term, given um, your 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 hobby of the of the arts. But it's one of those things where it's like you got to be super careful because you never really know what you're putting in, and you you really don't think about it. But 15 years later, when an, when a you know potential gold mine is ruined, which I have heard stories about on forums. Um, it becomes like a real head scratcher. Like, I bet you wish it didn't had done that. <laughs> no, no, for sure. Or so much product that I wish I didn't open. But you know, I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's another one of those for sure. Um. So yeah. So we got the binders. We got sleeves. We got what you could do when you mail them out. Um, we don't really have to talk about bulk. We we have a really good episode with Danny Phantom where we talk about what he does with the bulk there. So we, we touched that subject really well. Um, I guess like maybe just some, some personal stuff. Uh, I know you're out in New York. How how are you doing out there right now? Like I know COVID is tend to be a little bit better compared to all the other states now. Um, you guys doing okay? How's how, everyone wearing masks? <laughs> uh masks are fun i i personally they they make my nose itch and maybe that's tmi but you know here i am sharing my hobby with you all um new york's been good i think you know uh politics aside i think shutting down when we did and staying closed for as long as we have um has kind of paid dividends now where we're definitely seeing, I believe yesterday it was like 1% of all tested have the virus versus other states where, you know, it's in the tens of thousands or potentially higher. So um, it's definitely getting back to normal. I feel like because it's the summer, things are a little crazy and people want to be outside. Um, but I have a feeling that it's going to very quickly revert back to ghost town once a good old fashioned New York winter kind of rolls in. Uh, but you know what? Right now, we are happy, we are healthy, and I think that is what's most important at this time. 
I, I agree. Um, Chicago did the same thing, but we we're not at one percent. We we got to the lowest we got to was two point six, and and now we're just above three percent again. And it is due to Chicago summers. Um, people are going out, and then the age group between eighteen to twenty eight are just catching it like crazy. They're just like, yeah, YOLO. So yeah, yeah. That's that's what Chicago's dealing with. <laughs> Um, I guess, like, I want to just touch on the topic of what do you decide to, like, hold on to? Like, if you bought a product and I'm not going to open it and I, I think it's going to be worth something in the future, like, what what is your philosophy? What do you like to fall back on? Because I'll, I'll tell you, for me, just getting back into it, I didn't realize that once sets start getting harder to get, those cards that you're able to pick up like super easy, um, let's say um, Hyper Rare, Charizard, and Braxton. I pulled two of them during the Cosmic Eclipse from you know, no, November to February. The the highest they ever sold for was 30. And then once you get the, uh, the notification that it's out of print, and then now the Hyper Rare is going for almost $200. And I've been kicking myself ever since uh, now I have a firm, I have a firm thing now where anything Charizard, I'm not selling it until way down the line. I'm just gonna hold on to it. <laughs> so that I just want to know, like, is it just Charizard? If like, say, Darkness Ablaze, even though it doesn't have the hyper rare V Max or the full R Charizard, that down the road Darkness Ablaze will still be worth something because there's two versions of Charizard in the box. So I think. That's a really good point. I think that's a great philosophy to follow. If it's Charizard, stick it in a binder, an archival safe one, and let it sit there for 20 years. I don't think anybody's going to disagree with that statement just because of how good Charizard is at storing value. You can Charizard's one of those fan favorite Pokémon that no matter what happens, no matter where we go, there's always going to be a metric for the Holy Grail of Pokemon, which is a first edition base set Shadowless Charizard. So I think when you look at it that way, such a fan favorite Pokemon has really become like the gold standard for the hobby. Um, to that point, whenever you see a Leonhardt video, a Real Breaking Nate video, whenever you see Pokerev open up a vintage pack, what does he always say? Um, what do any of them always say? They say, oh, there's a Charizard in here, or oh, we're going Charizard hunting. So you're definitely right. There is a there is a really good reason to keep every Charizard. I think other fan-favorite Pokemon have also slowly become a good way to decide what sets you should keep an eye out for. So speaking of Charizards, things like Burning Shadows, Unbroken Bonds, I think there's a real legitimate reason why Burning Shadows and Unbroken Bonds have both gone up in value, basically doubling in price, at least on eBay. Um, to buy a booster box is now $200 plus, and that is likely because there is a hyper-rare and a full-art version of Charizard in there. In addition to that, you'll notice something like uh, anything that has a Mew in it, I've noticed, has recently gone up in value. So Mew is another very excellent store of value. So is Gengar, ironically enough, um, and so is Rayquaza. So I believe it was Google that a couple of months ago did a survey for Pokemon Day where they basically asked, like, hey, I got my great ninja. 
Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> number one. Number one. And wouldn't you know it, that same Greninja, um, well, just as a bit of uh, background for anyone listening in, um, they did a, a, a survey to see what were the top, what was it, 100 Pokemon? Greninja came yep. came in as number one. I believe Gengar was number eight. Rayquaza was number five. Charizard was like number three or two. Um, four. N- number four. And, yep. you know, what was amazing was that I was looking at that list and comparing to some of, like, the highest priced or highest potential cards. And wouldn't you know it, they were all there. Gold Star Mew, uh, first edition base set uh, Charizard. If you look at it, the Hidden Fates Greninja shot up like 300%. And when you look, you know, dollar amount wise, it seems small. But when you look at it percentage wise, those are growth growth spurts that other cards just aren't seeing. So I think that's a good way of kind of telling where you want to, you know, what you might want to potentially put away or keep a sealed value in um, is just based off the Pokemon, you know, like if you can pull a really cool Pokemon card out of a pack, obviously, that will make it more desirable in the future. And then I think the other thing for me, when when I fall back or when I'm trying to think about what I want to invest in, I would actually argue that it's it's probably not it's probably risky business to try to put your money and spread it across. And that's because there's a chance that if you end up um, that, you know, if you end up making the wrong decision, you're going to end up with not that much money. So here's a good example of that. If you had bought Team Aqua versus Team Magma um, from a store, from a distributor, you could conservatively sell it for about $5,000 today. Now, that's an amazing return on investment over 20 years. And I think any Pokemon card or Pokemon pack that you do that to will probably end up the same way. But if you were to have bought the same amount of cards, but EX Deoxys, you're probably sitting on $25,000 per box. And that's probably a situation where you're making five times the amount of money that you would have made investing in a, in a similar set from around the same time period. So I think, you know, if you look at it that way, you also have to think about identifying those sets that people have always wanted or people have always demanded, and then maybe kind of looking to those as the cards that you want to put away. So take this into consideration. Burning Shadows and Unbroken Bonds are really popular right now. There's a reason for that. And in a couple of years, that's probably not going to change. The only the only drawback, you're bringing up Grin, the Greninja's Hidden Fates, but outside of that, I can't think of like a really good card that is like, oh, Greninja's in here. I want to get it. Outside of his GX card from Detective Pikachu because uh, he has an ability that worked really well in a Mew 3 deck. And it was just a promo, so it wasn't it wasn't hard to get. So I'm just like, where am I Greninja at? Maybe I'll get a good V card and then and then I'll start selling like hotcakes. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be surprised. I I have a fe- I mean, ever notice how Charizard, you know, every set has a Charizard in it now. Uh, I have a feeling they'll there will come a day where that's played out, and don't be surprised if they start rolling out more Mews, more Gengars, more of like the top twenty Pokemon. It'll just drive demand, and that's you know, I, I don't blame Nintendo for strategizing like that either. But it's also fun because we get to see our favorite Pokemon featured in that many more cards and art sets, and you know all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. All right, Ryan. Well, before before I let you go. I would love to talk to you about the new set that was just announced, Championship Path, and the idea that 
we might get the hyper rare Charizard in some way or form due to the fact that the EBT has him on the box. What do you think? I think that is a great way to drum up hype for the fall set. And currently, my only fear, or the only thing I'm trying to figure out, is whether or not they're keeping that as a secret rare, hyper rare, if that makes sense. So putting it at the back outside the numbered set as a secret rare, but it is in fact the rainbow rare Japanese promo card printed in English. Or if it's going to end up being something like a Detective Pikachu set, which was playable, but from a collectability standpoint, the demand wasn't as much as we've seen with sets like Hidden Fates or any of the other type of like, you know, big star sets. I heard something today. You ready for this? I don't know how familiar. Do you stay up with PokeBeach.com? Yes, I do. Do you stay up on that stuff? I just refresh it every Did you morning. See... That's how that works. <laughs> okay. Did you see that they, there's an announcement of a special championships path set? Like a premium box for a hundred dollars. Yes, I did. Did you see that? And that's where you think it is. So that's that's where I I personally this is not my idea. I'm not taking credit. Okay. Um, my my boys at uh, Metapod Podcast were talking about it in today's episode, uh, the July twenty eighth, where they felt like there's got to be a premium box. Like they did with Hidden Fates, with the Raquanza, the statue, the two gold cards, and yeah, that yep. that one sold for what? What was the price of that? That that was a hundred bucks too, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the premium ultra collection, and that was a hundred dollars US. Yep. Yeah. So they, Jake, it's Jake and Sean. Jake was talking about you got all these the 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 whole thing about championship path, champions path. I don't know why I want to keep calling it championship. It's it just rolls off the tongue right? that way, you know? I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, where's where's um, Leon's? And Jake goes, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if there's an ultra premium box set that you get some from Leon. And, of course, his favorite Pokemon is Charizard that we're going to have to spend 100 bucks to get the hyper-rare Charizard. And then it just dawned on me, like, yes, that there it is. And this was before today when we found out that there's going to be a premium $100 box, which was just announced today. <laughs> interesting, interesting. I don't blame them either because they saw the way Hidden Fate sold. And from a business perspective, they call me the analytic Gengar for a reason or the other. It makes sense from that analysis. Yeah. So, I mean, I could definitely see that being a thing. And frankly, I guarantee you sold out within two days. And then before you know it, you're going to hear about them popping up on eBay as PSA 9s and PSA 10s, blah, blah, blah. And I I feel like that also keeps the quantities down because they're not going to have like thousands and thousands of $100 boxes just waiting to buy like... People are going to buy it, they're going to sell the Charizard, and then they're going to be like, there it is. There it is. Oh, yeah. And there'll be there'll be some healthy profit. But hopefully, what ends up happening is, and this is just my own theory, I hope one day they release something like a limited edition set where it's distinctly stamped as such. So just like you said, they print off so many, 
and the, like you know each of the cards is individually numbered i can only imagine what what type of horror show ebay auctions would be after that but um i find it like i really hope one day that happens because i think it would be so cool to have something like that um but you know it's just one of those things too where it's like it, it's probably just not worth their time as a poke as a company you know yeah no for sure but ryan i can i can guarantee if we're gonna decide uh what product to leave sealed i would i would probably leave that product sealed huh <laughs> oh yeah 100 percent. buy like five of them if you can throw them downstairs call it a night or call it a couple decades that also <laughs> yeah and also the elite trainer boxes for sure because you get the full r charizard that that will definitely if if hidden fates can jump up to almost three hundred dollars now for an elite trainer box a charizard is gonna pack on a pretty penny for that oh yeah especially in the course of a year or two yeah um I'm I'm a little excited because now um, I'm com- we're coming on to our, like our first full year back in the Pokemon, and then now that like this min- this mini set is coming, like you got you know Championship Champions Path, we had Hidden Fates, then you had Shiny Legends, and then you had Generations, and it's just fun to see maybe some kind of format. You look, we're, we'll get a random fun set, and then the the following year is a shiny find. So. I uh, I can't wait to see what kind of shiny Pokemon we'll get for the next holiday season. So <laughs> that's an interesting pattern. Yeah, that's that's actually pretty cool. And like yourselves, I'm also coming up on a year, so it's always fun to look forward to the fall because you know there's always going to be something interesting coming up. You know? Yeah, and then another way of just torturing my bank account. It's like, oh hey, by the way, Darkness of Blaze drops in August. Hey, by the way, Champion's Path is going to drop a month later. It's a smaller set, but you're going to spend a lot of money on it because, one, you can't buy a booster box, and you got to buy all the product that goes for $15 or more. And you're like, oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just loading up on pin boxes and ETBs until you can ride it all out. There you go. I like it. Um, Ryan, I deeply appreciate this um, a lot of fun information i feel like i'm a little bit smarter now i i will take that i appreciate take that to the to the bank baby no worries and thank you all for having me it's been uh it's been fun to just kind of connect and see past the collectibles and the crazy people on ebay it's always good to kind of reconnect and just you know speak to people who genuinely love the cards because they're cards and not because they're a dollar figure so that's always really yeah. refreshing and needed sometimes, I will say. Yeah. And if you ever feel like dipping your toes and playing the TCG again, feel free to hit us up and we'll uh, we'll help you steadily back into the water, buddy. I'll slowly take my path once I have a couple limited edition Charizards. I feel like if I have five of those in my deck, good luck, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, any any shout outs you would like to give out um, and then, you know, whatever you, where people can find you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, uh, the only shout out that I realistically have is to you all, the Pokey Dads. Thank you guys for having me so much. I uh, deeply appreciate it. If it's all right, I'll probably also drop a line for you guys on a upcoming video that I have where I'm doing a mail day and a little bit of a press release about some stuff that's happening on my end. So I definitely want to include you guys over there, help you guys get a little bit more um, exposure to a couple different niches and different parts of the collector's hobby. So thank you guys so much for that. Yeah, same here, man. Yeah, man. And then in terms of uh, where you can find me, 
Uh, again, my name is Ryan. I run a Instagram and a YouTube called The Analytic Gengar. You can find me over on Instagram, and then I have my link tree up to get over to my YouTube account. We are about 425-plus subscribers strong over on YouTube in the Gengar Gang, so definitely feel free to come over, check us out. We're doing videos every Tuesday and Saturday, as well as a occasional special release here and there. And uh, I think, hint, hint, now's a great time to join because uh, within the next coming couple of weeks, I expect there to be some pretty big news uh, in regards to a particular booster box of mine. Um, so I would definitely stick around, check me out, and then uh, again, just you know, feel free to drop me a line or ask any questions. I love just connecting with people, making friends, and answering any questions that you have, whether it be on YouTube or over on Instagram regarding your collections. Awesome. Um, we'll have all these links down in the description underneath, so you know, make sure you follow them on YouTube, Instagram. Do you have a Twitter, Ryan? I do not. I'm slowly getting into the into the social media. Um, I should probably be better at that. I fully admit, <laughs> but uh, sooner or later, I do also plan on starting a uh, what do you call it? A Reddit page where we're going to do Pokemon memes. So if you're into that and you really want to get a good laugh or two in, uh, I will also get you guys the link to that so that people can start posting some dank memes. And then occasionally, uh, I'll do a video where we just go over memes and have a good laugh at it. Awesome. That, that sounds great. I'll, I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun. Well, yeah. Well, somehow I made it through. My, my son didn't wake up. He is super sweaty because I am hot as balls. <laughs> but Ryan, thank you again. I appreciate you taking the time, hanging out with us. And uh, next time you're on, I'll make sure all three of us are here so you can get the full, the full Poke Dad vibe. <laughs> no worries. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to it. All right, man. You have a good one. Likewise. Take care. Later. Thanks, Ryan. I deeply appreciate you taking the time and chatting with me. I felt like I did a pretty okay job by myself. <laughs> you always do an amazing job. <laughs> always, even though this was my first time? <laughs> exactly. Always. Hey, if you yeah. have nothing to compare it to, this is your best one yet. I like it. I like it. <laughs> Hopefully it doesn't have to happen again like that where I'm by myself laughing at my own jokes when I don't have Scott with his sarcasm in the background. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So before we open packs, there's one more thing I want to talk about, and it's the Pog tournament that's going to take place on August 22nd and 23rd. And it's being run by uh, Atlas Collectibles. So the idea of this tournament is trying to have their own version of Worlds, but through the TCGO. And it's backed on Indiegogo. And they asked for $1,000 because they wanted to have a prize pool. And within a matter of days, they got over the $1,000 and got the 2000 And now that the prizes are all the way through the top 50. So if you take first, it's $500. And then second, I believe, is $250. And third place is 100 And then the rest, I think, of the top, maybe top 32 is yeah. everyone's getting $50. I'm just letting everyone know, uh, Pokedad Rick, I will be trying to enter in this tournament. 
It's free. We'll have everything how to get in it uh, through their Discord to sign up in our description of this episode. Mm -hmm. And my goal is just to survive and make it to 500. So it's taking everything I've learned the past eight months of play testing and playing this game to see if I could start putting <laughs> was uh, start putting my money in my mouth. Is that is that the correct right say? No, where that's your a, mouth is. Well, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Where yeah. My mouth is. Boom. So, boom. So I'm really excited. Um, Adam from Special Conditions has agreed to help me prep. So I'm pretty pretty excited to have him yell at me about dumb moves I make. <laughs> and if anyone else are interested and are looking to prep, there's this new game on stream. Well, it's not really new. It's been it's called Tabletop Tabletop Games, right? That's what it's tabletop called. Simu- tabletop Simulator. Yeah, thank you. Uh, they have a Pokemon mod now. And completely free, you can download the Pog mod and it'll give you every card from ultra prism all the way up to darkness ablaze because the the rotation for this tournament is going to be all the way from ultra prism and to darkness ablaze there's not going to be the the switch yet that's happening on august 28th where we lose uh, ultra prism all the way up to team it up it will be happening so, right before that huh yeah so this is the only time we're going to be able to use whatever card you want from Ultra Prism to Darkness Ablaze. So Picaram will still be relevant. Vicavolt, the one of the premier new cards in Darkness Ablaze, will have all the benefits of um, Thunder Mountain, uh, Electropower. Like that deck is going to be very, very, very hard to beat with all the old cards that you still can use. So. You could download it. It's twenty bucks, but then that's that's all you pay for. Like you can get all the mods, all the cards for Pokemon, and then you're able to play test with your friends for free. Mm-hmm. So, I haven't I haven't downloaded it yet. I definitely want to check it out because then we can play test anytime. Because right now we, like Aaron and I, we like to just proxies. We do proxies and we'll just talk to each other and how this deck works. Mm-hmm. But now we can physically see it. And uh, play that. That's true, yeah. And I say the other thing we have, um, I will throw out there at least with Tabletop Simulator, that thing goes on sale. For those of you who can't do the 20 bucks right now, during the winter and summer sales almost every year, Tabletop Simulator is always on sale for like 10 bucks. So if you can't do it right this moment, feel free to hang out till the wintertime during that, that winter sale and pick it up then. Hey, that's. I, that's good, but if you want to practice for this Pog tournament, you're going to need it now. Yes. Yes, you will. <laughs> but for those who can't and want it later, or eventually, wait for the winter sale. My personal opinion. <laughs> or at least I like it. advice. I like it. <laughs> also some great nice. stuff on there. Yeah, I'm still, I'm, I'm not very, I don't know, stream that well. So I'll stream Steam. Yeah. So I'll I'll look into it. Yeah, it's I actually um, when I first got in this we're sidetracking here slightly. When I first got in like D and D, the first thing I ever did was play a game. I think it was called uh, it was Heroes. Uh, Heroes, not Heroes Forge, but it was it was basically an old ass board game that I used to play in the community college I went to in the uh, like the cafe, 
and they had that same game as a mod on the simulator. So there's a oh, nice. you can get all there's all sorts of board games and all sorts that that thing's awesome. I like it. <laughs> all right, well uh, let's open some packs and let's get out of here. So. Let's do it. Dun dun dun. All right, where'd I let you? Can you read it already? I need to turn yep. light on. You okay? That is a Gabriel right. Yolanda, uh, a Karen with a C, a Gabriel, Queen 9, Rick, Zoo, X-Ray 6, Rick, Twitter, Kyle. Nice. I would hold up the cards, but my son is still in my arms, so I will just go through the cards. I am hurt. I am hurt. <laughs> I'm sorry, bud. Mm-hmm. We have Steel Energy, Hat Rim, Carcoal, Beware, Arakuda, Stuffle, Lutad, a Growlithe, Roly Coley. The Hollow is a, well, Reverse Hollow is a Phalanx. That could have been a Shiny. And the Rare, it could have been a Shiny. And the rare is a non-hull Electivar. Fun times. Mm-hmm. Right, I'm reading them all uh, then, I'm, since you are having to read off all the cards. Okay, I'll, I'll do that for you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Gabriel, nine, penis, penis. Mike, Tom, four... Dog Gabriel six Gabriel nine Mike Nice We've got Psychic Energy Pepley Toad Margrim Full Heal Lotad Growlith Roly Coley Meditite Grubbin uh, Reverse Hollow is a double dub blade. It could have been a shiny. And also. the rare, it could have been a shiny. And the rare is I, I uh, single life, single leaf, single Sing, the, okay. the single life, uh, single life, sigilith, sigilith. Okay, I, I'll, I'll I'll go with sigilith. That makes sense. Um, doesn't look like these uh, these packs were good, buddy. I blame <laughs> you. Thanks, I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, it's Gabriel, Jack, Boy, Cat, Tom, Dog, Henry, Victor, Mike, Yolanda, Queen, X-Ray, Queen. Yolanda! We have Electric, Hetram, Carcoal, Beware. I feel like we're deja vuing right now. Surskit, Stuffle, Crawford. Impimp, uh, impedimp, 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 shinx, impedimp, shinx, uh, polo sand as our reverse hollow, shiny, and is that a rare? Yeah, oh no, it's not, it's not uncommon. And our rare is a non hollow snorlax stretching for an apple or no grapes in a tree. So, not, not a fun pull, not a fun pull at all. So it kind of makes my announcement right now kind of uh, <laughs> kind of a bummer. Um, here in Pokedads, we give you guys the codes, right? So it's, it's common, you know. A lot of places, you know, YouTube stars, 
other podcasts give out quotes for free. Well, Pokedads, starting with this episode, if it matters what we have right here, is we're going to let you, the listeners, able to get the rare cards. So we'll have a question about the episode. You answer that question, and then you can email us at pokedastcg at gmail.com or hit us in our DMs on Facebook or Instagram with the answer to the question, and you have a chance to win the rare cards. And that's anything. I so have the we... question. Okay. Ready? The question well, is... Let me, let me... What's that? Go ahead. The question... I was go- well, let me finish. Go ahead, finish. <laughs> yeah. So what it means is... Anything rare up, so you could even these three rares that we have, and you don't have them for the set. You you know answer the question, you get the odds of winning those cards. But also V cards, full arts, the hyper rares, secret rares, whatever we pull on our episodes, you have a shot to win those cards. Starting with this episode, and Aaron has the question for the week. I have the question for the week. So the question is, how many vile plumes? would come in a booster box if I had the choice of what uh, Pokemon go into them. I like it. Yes. That's really good. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, shout out again to Ryan. Thank you. I had a lot of fun. Uh, make sure you guys hit him up on Instagram. Uh, it's easy. You can find him at uh, Analytic Gengar. Mm-hmm. On Instagram, on YouTube, check out his videos. He recently did a more in-depth video of what he does with collecting, so he gets more into the binders he uses and why he chooses the binders that he uses. Like, does he prefer the four-count binders where they have four rows, or does he prefer three? I, I like the four rows because then you can have complete sets of, like, play sets. Be like, okay, I have four of this card for my deck. That's but fair. they're so expensive. But it's expensive. <laughs> but sometimes it's worth the expense. Yeah, if it doesn't melt your cards in the future. so Yeah, that's true. I'm scared now. And one final announcement. We would like to give a wonderful shout-out to Logan. He recently hit us up with some fan mail and gave Aaron a nice, rare Vilopoom card. Yeah. <laughs> Logan, you are awesome. I love you. I would kiss you. If you were near me, maybe. Probably on like the cheek or something. Yeah, and that's and that's crazy because, you know, COVID, he, he's willing to risk COVID for a kiss with a Vileplume card. For you, though. Only for you. Or anybody else that gives you one. Yeah. And it also, <laughs> thanks for the hyper-rare Rillaboom. You're the best, man. We, uh, we deeply appreciate awesome. it. So. And if anyone else is willing to just send out some fan letters to Pokedads, Hit us up at pokedadstcg at gmail.com, and we'll give you a secret address where you can send these products to. <laughs> yes. But yeah, this was a lot of fun. Thanks, Aaron, for hanging out with me. I appreciate it. Love it. Yeah. And I love you and everyone else that's listening. We love you. And my son, too. And my son, too. <laughs> this will be a point when Sky like, gets really close to the camera, though, and goes, we really love you. And then he winks. Nailed it. <laughs> oh, how we miss Pokedex, Scott. <laughs> uh, and I won't forget this week, Aaron. And remember, if you're listening to this on Spotify, make sure you hit that follow button so you get the notification when each episode drops. Though, 
we drop on Fridays. So you wake up, it's Friday morning, you know you gotta hit up Pokedads to start your week, or I mean to end your week and weekend. <laughs> and then iTunes, if you listen to iTunes, make sure you hit that five star, five star, pats on backs, you know, because you like us. It helps spread the word. And then every time they, someone searches Pokemon TCG, we're one of the top options to listen to. And then as always, I'm Pokedad Rick. I'm Pokedad Aaron. Have a wonderful morning, afternoon, evening, maybe late at night. You're waking up super late because you have a kid crying and you want to have like a turkey sandwich to feel better about the situation or you want to have a frozen pizza. If you ever had those little small tombstone pizzas and you just nuke them for a minute and a half like me and Aaron did back when we were in college, they're fantastic. Go find them. I don't even know if they make them anymore, but they really, really, really do. Ooh. <laughs> Air fry them if you got an air fryer. Oh, you're mad genius. No, or if you got a, was it, or pudding cup, uh, pudding cup pudding brownies. Mm, oh, yes. pudding cakes. And Bosco sticks. <laughs> and Bosco sticks. Oh, which, real quick, we had the uh, the Bosco sticks at Little Caesars tonight. They were, they were great. That's great. All right. You guys have a good one. Deuces. See ya. that what was that beep what was going on oh aaron just left okay we're back that was insane i, mean, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck just happened it was just that's, that's what i heard too i yeah i just heard <laughs> I mean, it sounded like, like the server crashed and then came back up. <laughs>